0: man who's that cat coming down the street? I don't know but it sounds to me like that whistling man with the bone. Still having himself a ball. the Building Abundant Success Series. That was the theme to the famous Harlem Globetrotters. You know, the Harlem Globetrotters that has been around almost about 100 years now. My guest is legendary Globetrotter Larry Gator Rivers. He played from... 1973 to approximately the late 80s, with the Harlem Globetrotters traveled all over the world. To find out more about what Larry Gator Rivers is doing today, you can find him on Facebook. He's the founder of Gator Ball Academy. We have an awesome interview. Larry and I are coming at you right now. Larry Gator Rivers, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to have you with us. Great to see you play, too. (laughs) Yes, I heard about the legacy of Mr. Mr. Gator there. Tell our audience who you are, where you're from, and what you do.
1: Yes. Uh, Good morning, audience. My name is Larry Gator Rivers. I'm from Savannah, Georgia. Played at Beach High School, the greatest high school in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And from there I went. To Mobility um, Junior College in Missouri, Western State University, and in '73, I had the honor of uh, trying out and making the Harlem Globetrotters. So I played for the Harlem Globetrotters for 16 years.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome! And about the Harlem Globetrotters, when was the first time you had ever even heard of the name Harlem Globetrotters?
1: Well, you know, my my mother was a uh, was a uh, uh, mother at 12 years old. Her and I grew up as brothers and sisters, pretty much, under my grandmother, Pauline Rivers, and, uh, and and Arthur Rivers. And when I was seven years old, as a birthday cousin, my mom took me, a struggling basketball player, at seven. She took me to see a movie called Go, Man, Go. And it was a story about how the Harlem Globetrotters got started. And it changed my life. Wow. Wow. It my life. I That's realized amazing. I realized that basketball at that time to me was the greatest uh greatest sport I, I, I ever seen in my life and to see black guys, you know, black guys playing the game at an extraordinary level was just just mind blowing to me. So I left that movie. I told my mom I wanted to be a Harlem Globetrotter. The Harlem Globetrotter started in, in, in 1927 by a little guy, a little Jew, by the name of Abe Saperstein. Abe Saperstein's father was a tailor, and he put together a uniform for, for this team. The team started in, in the Savoy Club. See, back in the day, basketball was very young. Uh, they didn't have the Staples Center and uh, big arenas like the garden to play basketball in. They played basketball in dance halls. So in Chicago where the Globe Project started, the big club there was called the Savoy Club. So the name of the team was called the Savoy Big Five. Yeah. And and and, and 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 they played games against teams like the Harlem Rens out of New York and and, uh, and and other teams around the country that uh, the rens the renaissance out of uh, Kansas City. Well, Abe Saperstein had this vision of, uh, of of these guys playing basketball all over the world. So after their first game in Hinckley, Illinois, he came up with the name Harlem Globetrotters. With his an, ambition to travel around the world, he came up with the name Globetrotters, but the Harlem came from the, the Harlem Renaissance.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and he wanted everybody to identify with the fact that the team was all black. Well, after the team got extremely successful, well, before the team got extremely successful, it used to be a situation of family. It was a, a, a split among the, the, the proceeds and Abe Saperstein would get a double portion just based on the fact that he owned the car
0: hmm. that
1: they traveled in. Uh-huh. But after things got really, really good and they started really making money, Abe Savage decided to take over the team and uh, and just pretty much debbie out to the guys what he wanted them to have. So the guys ventured out on their own and started their own team.
0: Wow, Wow. Now, when you were growing up, what Player or players stood out for you on the team that really you know inspired you.
1: Great question. You know when I saw that movie, the thing that fascinated me was Marcus Haynes' ball handling, along with uh, Goose Tatum and the other guys in the magic circle. The magic circle set the Globetrotters apart from from other teams because that magic circle was just tremendous ball hounding timing and teamwork, and, and I just thought that was fantastic, and I wanted to be a part of that.
0: That sounds amazing, amazing. Um, in your growing up years, did you play ball through your junior high, high school? What was that like in in that time? The uh, reason I ask is that uh, we just uh, celebrated, and of course we met at the mm-hmm. 50th Jubilee of the uh, Selma celebrations, and I know you know some of that time I was not around. What was going on back then in your growing up years?
1: Well, you know, integration uh, came about in Savannah in nineteen sixty-three, sixty-four. Uh, about 64 about 64-65, but they didn't allow the schools, the black schools, to play against the white schools in athletics until 1966-67 season and that was a life changing experience for me because uh, uh, I played at a high school, Beach High School that was founded by Colonel Alfred Ely Beach a white inventor out of New York founded Beach High School after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 65 (laughs) and uh he he formed Beach High School to educate freed slaves. It was formed in eighteen sixty seven
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh it took a hundred years. It took from eighteen sixty seven to nineteen sixty seven before uh, a black school would get a chance to compete against a white school in athletics the 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 greatness of that was that Beach High School won the first state championship in basketball when they allowed the black schools and the white schools to play against each other. And what was even greater about that is that the championship was played between two black schools. Wow. Kind of like Kristen Addicts in, uh, in Indiana, when Indiana uh, uh, played their, their state championship for the first time in, six, I think, 55 Uh uh, two black schools played for the championship. I just got through talking to one of those guys, Gary Flournoy.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. You said that um, the 60s, you know, some teams couldn't play against one another. What was really going on in those years in the uh, mid to late 60s in that whole segregation to integration? What was going on in really in the world?
1: Well, in, in, in our world, as I knew it at that time, uh, segregation was going on, and uh, we wanted the end to it. And we were fighting tooth and nails with the Civil Rights Movement uh, from the early 60s to the, to the end of the 60s. Uh, what, was, what was a blessing for us uh, was the, uh, the outcome of Selma as far as their, their uh, fight for, for voter rights. Uh, you know, in order to have any type of voice or power, you need to vote. And uh, that that time in our life was just uh, a, a great time. And that's why I could not miss that celebration in Selma. So I had to be there to to walk in the footsteps of those who shed their blood so as we can be what we are today.
0: Awesome. I was wondering... Had you seen any of the mayhem uh, up front, close, and personal that the people were going through in different parts of the country? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. We had the sit-ins. You know, we had the marches here in Savannah. Uh, We went to jail. We were dragged out of Crest and Woolworth. Uh, You know, we went through through the struggle here in Savannah. Uh, Fortunately for us, it wasn't as devastating as it was for those in, in Birmingham. And in Selma, but, uh, we had our struggle here in Savannah as well. Uh, I remember Martin Luther King coming through and having his, his great talk at the historical, uh, Af- uh, First African Baptist here in Savannah, uh, which Reverend Tillman now, now pastors. But I remember him coming in there and having his talk, and I remember the marches. Uh, you know, uh, you know, back to the Emancipation Proclamation for just a second. I was born right across the street from the church, Second African, where General Sherman stood on the steps and gave the the all uh, uh, all of Fifteen uh, <laughs> about the the, the the forty acres and the mule and giving us uh, education and the right to protection. You know, uh, I I remember uh, the, the elderly talking about that time in our history. So to to bring it back to 1960 uh, 63 through 69 that was that was something you know change it was a big change for me to to see things uh actually happen for the good.
0: Wow. In terms of sports I know that um you know Harlem Globetrotters starting In the 20s and, you know, a lot of Negro Leagues in sports in general um, happened, you know, well before you were even thought of. But in terms of sports, bringing people together uh, within your lifetime, I I know you can speak to that. Uh, People say that music brought people together, sports brought people together, and and it's it's actually a... A way and a tool toward bringing peace between oh, the brotherhood of all types of people.
1: Yes. See the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, at when when they toured, when they toured, their audience wasn't wasn't that wasn't black. You see, because uh, they couldn't have made a living. I mean, they couldn't have made any money during that time because blacks didn't even have the facilities for them. Even play in blacks didn't own big barns and, and, and uh, you know dance halls and stuff like that. So so what they did, they entertained the white population. Mm-hmm. The white population really made the Harlem Globetrotters famous because the white population wanted to see these blacks wanted to see their talent that wanted to be entertained by them. But they didn't at that time necessarily wanted to live with them. But as they allowed these blacks to entertain them, then they began, I feel, to get comfortable with them being around and, 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 and interacting with them. So I think that's what brought about favorable uh, uh, attention to the blacks and favorable uh, communications and interactions with blacks and whites. The Harlem Globetrotters was accepted in places in, 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 in places where other blacks wouldn't even dream to stand near. We were able to walk in. Now we still weren't able to go and stay in their hotels and eat in their restaurants, but we were able to entertain them. And by doing so, we gradually they gradually took exception. You know, they made it made it made exceptions for the Harlem Globetrotters. And in turn, uh, the relationships changed.
0: It's interesting you talk about the the beginnings of the Harlem Globetrotters. Um, The National Basketball League wouldn't come really into fruition until about maybe 1960 in terms of integration with Bill Russell and then, of course, a fellow Globetrotter, well, Chamberlain became another very popular figure. There were others uh, yeah. before. In fact, we just lost one of the first people drafted into the NBA this year. Uh, you probably know his name better than I do, but I had just heard of him. He just passed away probably about three weeks ago. Uh,
1: and, um, Lloyd, 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 mm-hmm. yes. Uh, mm-hmm. He passed away here recently. Lloyd yeah. was the one to... To, to actually uh, uh, sign, and, and well, he he was actually the first one to sign, uh, but 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 Sweetwater Clifton from the Globe Products got the distinction of being the first black to play actually play in the NBA because uh, I think uh, uh, Floyd Stallion on a Friday, but they didn't play uh, 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 that that time. He signed, but he signed earlier, but the Knicks had a game before them, so Sweetwater Clifton got to play before Floyd did, but uh, Lloyd did, but the bottom line is uh Sweetwater Clifton was the first to play Lloyd was the first to sign actually sign.
0: Wow, wow, yeah. well, my point in mentioning that is that uh with uh the NBA coming into play now, and them really getting into the whole integration process. Bill Russell being a very popular figure mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. '60s, and then Little yes. Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. What did that do to the Harlem Globetrotters organization when you know now African Americans could play in the National Basketball well, League?
1: Well, see, see, it didn't. It didn't happen. It didn't really. Uh, happened until the 40s is the 40s is when it really kicked off because they used to play what was called the world championship and the first couple of years that they played it the Harlem Wrens of New York won it. Mm-hmm. The Harlem Wrens went 10 consecutive years un- undefeated. Mm-hmm. They, they beat everybody. They beat the Minneapolis Lakers. They beat the Globetrotters, the Washington Generals, who was a great team at that time. That's why the, the Globetrotters two against them. But uh, they they won the first H- the first national uh, world championship. It wasn't until uh, 1940, 1941, the Globetrotters won it. But the way they won it, they went and bought five of the Wrens. <laughs> They bought five of the guys from the Rens, and they came back and they beat the Minneapolis Lakers two years in a row for the world championship. And that's how the Globetrotters got their fame as the greatest basketball team on earth. Because Abe Saperstein promoted that. However, uh, the, the coach from the Rens didn't really promote the Harlem Wrens the way, the way uh, Saperstein promoted the Globetrotters. Then when he sold Sweetwater Clifton's contract to the NBA, um, I mean Saperstein was up to his old tricks. He sold he sold uh, uh, Sweetwater Clifton's contract to the the New York Knicks for fifty thousand dollars.
0: Wow! He told
1: he told he told Sweetwater Clifton that he was going to be fair with him. He says, "I'm going to split." the I'm gonna split the five thousand dollars that I got for your contract I'm going to give you twenty five hundred and I take twenty five hundred but he actually got fifty thousand for sweetwater Clifton's contract so you know uh uh struggled even in the in the good days uh, that would reconsider the good days for them. they struggled because uh Saperstein's uh, uh cunningness about the money and to wow. this day they're still struggling. To this day, but when he sold Sweetwater Clifton's contract to the Knicks, the the, the floodgates pretty much opened, whereas they started really uh, 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 scouting and 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 recruiting and and drafting black players.
0: Yeah, Earl Lloyd. Um, they say he was the first African American to appear in an NBA game, and that was in 1950 with the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. And that's three and a half years after Jackie Robinson broke the mm-hmm. yeah you know, the Major League Baseball color barrier. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, what times that must have been! But the NBA, in terms of superstar superstars, um, you know. Mr. Lloyd being a pioneer and then within oh, 10 great. years, you know, you've got super teams, you've got the Bill Russells and others, and now they're realizing that, you know, we'll, we'll start to integrate the teams and, you know, we'll all start playing together. What was the, uh, what were the Globetrotters going through at that time as they you know, you're an exhibition basketball team and whatnot and uh, have a great long legacy. How did that affect the organization?
1: Oh, it didn't affect the organization at that time at all because uh, the 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 NBA was still young. They still it, it still was a, 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 a avalanche of uh, a, a great black players during that time. I mean, it was players that it was talent that was unbelievable that you never even got to see because there was no cable, you know, alternative right. no right. broadcast. So it was talent that you didn't that you didn't get to see. So Abe Saperstein still had his pick of the litter as far as talent was concerned, and he still was m- more popular than the NBA. You see, when when even up to the point that I played in '73, when I came in in '73, the Harlem Globetrotters was still more popular than the NBA as a basketball team, in that we would go to places like Boston, and Boston, and won all those all those national championships. But they still didn't have the fan base that the Holland Globetrotters did. That's so right. we would go we would go to Boston and play preliminary games to get people in the stands. We'd have seventeen we have sixteen, seventeen thousand people in the stand and, and, you know, for a Holland Globe game, and then after we play, then the Boston Celtics play, it might be four or five thousand people in. Uh, so people
0: that
1: came to see the yeah. Global the, that was, that they was, were
0: the, you, you were superstars basically.
1: basically even having your own
0: cartoons.
1: <laughs> we had our own cartoons. We had our our, our Saturday morning TV shows. That's we were right. featured on. We were featured in movies. We That's we right. were the bomb. And mm-hmm. and and overseas, over in Europe, in different countries, the NBA wasn't even thought. They didn't even recognize the NBA as basketball. They felt the on the the basketball team of the world was the Harlem Globetrotters. So when we went to Europe, man, were we received, I tell you. And, 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 you know, we are responsible for the European team of players coming into the United States excelling. It's because they had watched the Globetrotters for years and years and years, and they created that style of play. So when they came to, uh, when they got the opportunity to play in, in the United States, Man, they were playing pretty much at the same level uh, of of the players in the United States. In some cases, above, because all of them were fundamentally sound. If you notice, they come in, the big men can shoot, the big men can dribble, the big men can pass, because they all imitated the Hall of
0: We all know the names of Metal Lark women and Curly and, and whatnot. What was the league like when you came in in '73?
1: You know, I was so blessed because I came, excuse me, I came in to the Harlem Globetrotters at the peak of their popularity. I mean, they were the bomb. When I came in, I played with guys like, like Metal Lock Curly Neal, Heath sawsby uh, uh, Showboat Hall, uh, uh, Dave Latin, who played with the team El Paso the all-black five that beat Kentucky in 66. I played with Bobby Joe Mason, jumping Jackie Jackson, who came up with Wilk and Connie Hawkins, and a Rucker star. I played with Shake and Bake, uh, uh, Frank Streety, Peblo Robinson. Oh, man, Steve's, uh, uh, Frank Stevens, uh, Mel Davis, all Zorro Hunter, all these guys were, were you know, stars in, 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 in neighborhoods and college. And you know, I mean, they were they were the bomb. And I came in as a rookie in '73, and, and and I was blessed by Metalock and God to by God and Metalock, brother, that Metalock picked me to play on the national unit to play with him. I, you know, I, I I was blessed because I was I I saw the Globe Trotters in in, in in the '50s. I saw Marcus Haynes handle the basketball, and that blew my mind. I mean, this guy, the greatest dribbler of all time, and and I saw him, and I imitated him, and God blessed me with the with the distinction of being recruited by him. I was discovered by Marcus Haynes in in, in, in uh, St. Josephs, Missouri, in nineteen seventy in nineteen seventy seventy one. So you know, to be discovered by the guy who. Was your idol, the guy that you that you saw that I, that you idolized, and the guy that inspired you to play the game of basketball and to be like him, and to be discovered by him, and to get to replace him as a dribbler for the Hall of Trotter. That was storybook. You know that was to me, man. You know I I was when when I put a jersey on in '73. You know, I could have died because I was already in heaven, man. I tell you, it was just—it was just wonderful.
0: <laughs> wonderful. What are some of the things that stand out in your time with the Harlem Globetrotters? I mean, I know you traveled. I know you got to meet some folk and and uh, do some things that others may have not even experienced.
1: Mm. The thing that stands out in my mind most about the Globetrotters is the effect that it had on people. The effect that, that the team itself and the concept and, and, you know, and what we did, how it affect kids. You know, I mean, you know, I, I, the first time a kid asked me for my autograph, man, I you know, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to do, you know. But, but he wanted my autograph just like he wanted metal locks, just like he wanted Curly's. And, and, and that was the incredible thing to me to be, to be loved and, and, and admired by so many people. That's the thing that blew my mind. And then the opportunities that, uh, being a Harlem Globetrotter brought to me, uh, to be on TV shows, to do, uh, Kodak commercials, to, uh, you know, to be on, on the love boat, you know, uh, to be one of the characters in, uh, in Scooby Doo. Those things, man, uh, were paramount for me. The, the 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 thing that that I really liked about the group products at that time was that it was it was it was like family. You know, the, we we rode on the bus, man. We did things together, and 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 the beauty of it was we were the best dressed team in the country. You know, we when we <laughs> stepped off that bus, man. I mean, guys had their used to carry their stuff in briefcases. You know. We used to walk through we, we didn't have uh what you would call uh grip bags, a uh, 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 player bags, you know. Uh, we, we had briefcases, we had uh luggage. We we had a contract with Samsonite. Samsonite gave us this lug, this uh beautiful little uh, red uh suitcase like that we carried through the, the 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 uh the airport man and I mean we were sharp. We we, we didn't we didn't Get off the bus in wetsuits suits and short pants and cut off jeans and stuff like that. When we stepped off that bus, man, we were choked up with ties. We were, we were you know blazers and nice uh, suits, you know, jumpsuit, man. During the time of the bell bottoms, we used to go to we used to go to uh, to uh, London and go to Carlos, man, and have all our stuff tailor made. Uh, we we were clean, and and that's what I liked about the globe trotter. They were classy
0: wow sounds like a beautiful time and just amazing you to look back and to uh, hear some of the stuff that you've, you've talked about and um, I was also wondering in your uh, doing that I got a chance to actually look up some information before we got on who are some of the dignitaries that you were able to meet along the way
1: Oh man, we played before the Pope. We played uh I, I I played uh before the Queen. Uh we, we, we did a deal with the Duchess of Kent and wow. Birmingham, you know, we uh, you know uh I, I got a chance to met uh to meet uh, uh Kissinger, you know, got to spin the ball on his finger at the at the at the Secretary of State's office. You know, I got a chance to go to the White House. Four times, you know, uh, it, it just goes on and on because we were always received in in these 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 nice places. Uh, we we went to uh, 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 Rio de Janeiro, man, and, and 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 really really had was laid out for us by the prime minister there, and 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 just I mean just every place we went, we pretty much got a chance to meet royalty uh in those areas. So, you know, it it was incredible. It, the the people that we got to meet, man. Uh Pat Boone played with us. Johnny Mathis played played with us. Uh even Bill Cosby Crosby played in a game with us in uh in in uh California. You used to always see Lucia Ball. She's always come to the game at uh uh the forum in, in, in L A and she would always sit right on the front row and I tell you Nobody in that place had more fun than Lucia Ball. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh, wow.
0: (laughs) That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, I know that basketball, it's a team sport. Um, Yes. And today people are into the me sport. I want you to talk about the importance of basketball and team building and, and confidence and other things that the sport brings to the table.
1: Well, you know, uh, when you look at the game of basketball, James Naismith invented the game in 1891-92. In, uh, and uh, when he invented the game, uh, it wasn't a game he invented for people to make $25 million a game. You know, it wasn't a game, it wasn't supposed to be a game of tremendous wealth, but it came to that because of its popularity. However, he invented the game so groups can get exercised. And, and when he, when he put it together, he put it together with a godly, with godly principles. You know, just be strong in mind, uh, uh, strong in body, clear in mind, and lofty in your ideals. So, you know, he, he had these things built into the game, like fair play, sport, good, you know, sportsmanship, fair play, uh, honesty, uh, you know, if you, if you foul somebody, you, you, you at that time didn't have a referee to call it, you called it yourself, basically. Uh, When he put the game together, he put it together uh, not to dribble one-on-one, not to take the ball off to yourself and just dribble and go around. The game was set up to pass, to share the ball. So that's how we we get the thing, give and go, pick and roll, to help somebody get open and then give and go and to get it back. So you give to receive, you receive to give. And, and, And those were the principles that he put in the game that centered around, you know, godly principles. However, uh, when you talk about when you talk about basketball, you're talking about working together as a unit, you know, and 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 then you're talking about geometry. You're talking about shapes and these shape the shape that you really work for is the triangle. You know, the Celtics, the Boston Celtics ran the three man lead, which is simply a version of the triangle offense. Uh, the, uh, the 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 uh uh la la Lakers with uh. But Phil Jackson ran the triangle offense, which again centers around the weave, which is you know a variation of shapes. So mm-hmm. when you talk about basketball, you're talking about teamwork because in order for you to play the game the way it's supposed to play, you got to pass the ball, and you and you can't pass yourself. So you have to have you got to have uh, what we would call cooperation. And you must play with the spirit of cooperation in order to play the game correctly. So, you know, it's a great teacher of team concept. It, it, I mean, it's on and off the court. You know, your, your, your actions on the court, uh, it, it really shows your integrity. It shows your character. You know, it, it doesn't build your character. It, it just it, it just exposes your character. The kind of character you are on the basketball court usually carries off, carries over to the type of character you are off the court. So, so I mean, that's the beauty of basketball. It is a team-building sport. It's a sport about teamwork.
0: Awesome, awesome. You, um, well, in the eighties, you ended your career with the Harlem Globetrotters. What was going on towards the end there? And what legacy do you think that you were able to, to leave with the organization?
1: Well, you know, the ball handling that you see now uh, was ball handling that I feel I, I helped inspire. Uh, a guy named, a white guy by the name of Kirshner, he was the first white guy to play with the Globetrotters during the war. A lot of the guys went away, and Saperstein got this guy because of his slick ball handling. And I watched some film on him, some old film on him, and this this guy was incredible handling the basketball. So I started working on a, a lot of the things he did with the ball, and, and I perfected it to the point that I passed it on to younger globetrotters. And, uh, you know, I came in 73. When I came in 73, the greatest thing that the guys did as far as handling the ball on their body was spinning it on their finger and maybe rolling it across their shoulders. But I, when I came in, I took all the things that I saw with Kirshner, like catching the ball in the back of my neck, you know, spinning it on my fingers, taking it around my, my body, up and down my body, all across my body. Those, those things were brought in when I came in, and then I shared them with the younger guys like Tyrone Hollywood Brown Bruce Capers when, those, when 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 I came home off tour, I used to work with these guys. they were kids they Tyrone was about twelve years old when i when when I was with the trotters, and I would come home and teach him the ball handling uh drills that I knew and now lo and behold, he became a bull trotter for ten years but you know the the legacy what were his Ty- years pardon
0: what were his years? Tyrone
1: played in the nineties Ty- Tyrone played from eighty Seemed like it was 84, 85, through the 90s, probably 93, 90, 94. A, a came in as a Washington general. He came in as a Washington general. He played against When I got him with the Red Clocks as a Washington general, he had tried out in the league about 15 different times. Uh, and then he came to the Globe, came to the Washington generals, and then. Because he could handle the ball, he was on the Washington Jets, but he could handle the ball better than anybody on the Globetrotters. At that time. <laughs> so, so they, they ended up bringing him over they had a strike. They had a we had a strike, and uh, when when they
0: restructured the team, Tyrone was one of the players that they picked up and brought to the Globetrotters.